This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. Now, before we start today, we'd like to encourage anyone looking for help with their digital marketing to get in touch with Site Visibility. Whether you have a burning digital marketing question, or you're looking for an agency to work with, they'd love to hear from you. Give them a call on plus four four one two seven three seven three three four three three, or you can fill out the form at sitevisibility.co.uk slash contact. Alternatively, you can talk to either Scott or Sean via the live chat function on the website. They'd be happy to help. Now, today, I'm joined by Raman Sigal, founder at Raw Marketing. How are you doing, Raman? Yeah, good afternoon, Andy. I'm fine. How are you? I'm very, very well. I like the sound, or I, I the sound. I like the word. I like the the name. That's the word I was looking for. I like the name <laughs> of your company, um, Raw Marketing. Where did that come from? So it was well. It's influenced by my uh, by my name, obviously um, the first kind of four letters of my name. But it actually came about on a um, on a night out about a decade ago, where I kind of said to some friends, that "I'm going to start my own company." and had a few beers and that name came up. We were like, we should call it remarketing. That's hilarious. It's a kind of mix between your name and marketing. And it is. And I thought it was thought yeah. it was hilarious. And then, you know, the worst name ever. And then, you know, the next day kind of got a bit of a sore head and thought, yeah, why don't we just stick with that name and then we can move on to something else. And, you know, a decade later or so, it's <laughs> it's uh, it's still our name and it's uh, thankfully got a good reputation. So uh, weird thing how things turn out sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, and also your clients can say, I, I got some remarkable marketing at remarketing. Uh, hopefully they say that all the time. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a, good, a, good, a good client endorsement. So I'd be happy if all our clients said that. So uh, so you're the founder of this. So tell us a bit about yourself. And I know you've already alluded to how, how sort of remarketing got set up. But tell us a bit about yourself in the early days of remarketing. Yeah, sure. So um, so actually, I, I started the business in 2009. And it was it was purely an opportun- opportunistic thing where... Um, what the business I, I was head of marketing at, um, kind of, um, separated into two, one bit was sold and the other bit, uh, kind of, I ended up going to work for and the bit that was sold was, it was, they were both pharmaceutical related companies. Mm. They asked me if I could do their PR work and media relations work kind of in my spare time. And that was literally the amount of strategy that went into, uh, the start of the business. And, um, I mean, prior to that, I'd um, I'd worked um, agency side and in house. So I'd I worked um, at Heinz for a while. Then I worked at a couple of PR agencies, um, and then kind of found myself working in in the pharmaceutical life science space, which mm. I didn't probably know at the time was going to set me on a path to to where my agency uh, would go. Um, so after a couple of years of working, kind of almost part time, setting my business up, my client base started to grow more and more. Uh, I started using freelancers for particular jobs. And then in 2011, I kind of, uh, my employer kindly just said to me, you need to go and do this agency thing because you seem to be pretty good at it. Mm. And uh, we will effectively um, become your client. So my salary became a consultancy. Um, and so I was very fortunate that I um, those opportunities came about and that kind of gave us um, you know, quite a bit of business within the first couple of years. That then was the foundation for, uh, for the growth of the business. So you're quite specialised, aren't you? You're in the uh, pharmaceutical industry. Uh, do you think it's important? I mean, how, how important do you think it is for an agency to develop a niche in that way? 
So yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And actually we've, we've um, experienced kind of both sides of that coin. So when we started life, we were very specialized in, in life science and healthcare. And then as the business, as the business grew and we added more and more expertise, we were able to attract um, different types of business. So, you know, at one point, maybe in the year five or six, we were working with um, housing companies, construction companies, retail businesses, you know, all types of industries. But the one common theme that kind of kept um, in the business was our was this expertise in in kind of life science and in, in the pharmaceutical sector. Yeah. Um, and in particular, it's actually the B two B supply chain of the sector. So um, we we don't tend to work at the patient side of the market. You know, where you, you're producing content for patients, it tends to be the business to business side, uh, which is earlier on, uh, kind of in the in the development of of new drug products. Um, and certainly for us, we you know, yeah, I think six or seven, we kind of took a view, we analyzed our business, we, we looked at where the most successful accounts of our business were, where we were having the least uh, problems, where we were making the most money, where we were enjoying ourselves. And actually, it turned out that it was these types of clients. So we took the view to really focus on that particular niche, um, and become known as being uh, an absolute specialist in kind of global uh, pharmaceutical and uh, biotech sector. Mm. Um, we still have actually 20% of our, we have a kind of a 80, 20 rule. So 80% of our business is, is in that arena. And then we have 20% of our business, which is kept for other stuff. So this is stuff that is either really fun or is a cultural fit or is just excites the staff. And, um, it also allows us to, to develop new skills. So we work with 20% consumer clients and actually it gives us a good, um, kind of alternative view of PR and marketing and all the various um, integrated services that we offer, um, which then obviously benefits uh, the kind of core area of our business as well. As well. Yeah. Now, over the years, um, a lot of people sort of feel that PR and SEO have sort of come together a bit, don't they? You've converged a bit. What's your experience of that? Yeah. So, I mean, we've, we've definitely felt that. I mean, we, um, I mean, interestingly enough, I mean, the first services that we ever offered were PR and SEO, which, you know, a decade ago was kind of a bit unheard of. And the reason that was, was purely because I was trained as a PR professional and, um, you know, learn to optimize a website and, you know, do some link building and back in, back in the day. And obviously as, as, um, the industry has developed over the last few years and, you know, inbound strategy, content marketing, blogging it's become such a core part of, of, of the way that we, we deliver things for clients, but it's also brought everything together. Um, and certainly what we found is, um, you know, we were coming across agencies that were doing kind of community outreach and blogger outreach, and we were scratching our heads looking at agencies like this because as PR professionals, that's what we'd been doing for year, but we'd been doing it with traditional media. You know, we were able to identify target outlet and sell something compelling into the, into the kind of the media owner, if you like. Mm. Um, so actually once we uh, you know, kind of started doing that, it all being in the digital space, it turned out that we were really good at it. And so we kind of, it's really, really interesting for, for our type of business that we've been able to kind of really bring, um, you know, the content creation side of things and, you know, the inbound link building strategy um, very much in line with our PR accounts. So it's made the PR side of things uh, much more interesting than, than say, you know, in the, in the old days where we used to, you know, identify a magazine or a particular newspaper and, and go after them. Mm. Now, back to your specialization, because it must be quite difficult at times do you ever have to sort of you know people approach you for help do you ever have to say no or 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 not chase certain types of business um yeah and you know 
yesterday this happened this exact kind of uh instance happened so we uh, a former client of ours who um she operates in the the leisure sector and you know we used to do quite a lot in kind of bars and clubs and restaurants and stuff like that and approached yeah. us and said could you help us with the the marketing aspect of our it's a canadian company but they've got quite a few um bars and stuff in the uk and and we i went back quite quickly and just said look this is not on strategy for our business um but recommended to alternative agencies that uh that i think would be a good fit for for her needs and i think that kind of bravery and and courage of actually just saying no to business is actually really important to agencies we've also been on the other side of that fence where we said yes to everything and it caused us so many problems yes yeah. um but you know it's a kind of uh, the benefit of hindsight right so we we get that now because we've been through the pain of saying yes to everything and chasing our tails and chasing the cash and uh, whereas now we're a bit more you know we know what we're really really exceptionally good at and that's what we stick to um and we know what we're okay at that we'll do an okay job but that's not good enough for us you know if we can't do a what we we phrase if we can't do a world-class job for the client then we won't bother and mm. because um, more often than not it ends in tears because the client's unhappy and you don't keep them as a business and then you've got to f- you know fill that client or get rid of someone or whatever and it's 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 a bit of a uh, kind of a spiral if you go down that that road now again as a, as a, a sort of an agency that specializes in pr we all know it's important to keep on top of things. What's your experience of uh, sort of, you know, keeping at the forefront of, of PR and pharmaceuticals in particular? And what are your strategies sort of uh, helping people to sort of learn and be the best people that they can? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, actually. And I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in kind of continuous learning and progression. I've seen it in my own career um, that making that time to read, listen to podcasts. I mean, I listen to your podcast when I'm running very often and I'll stop and make notes and it just, it makes sure that I'm kind of perfecting my craft. Mm. Um, and as a business and as an agency, we've tried to encourage that, you know, across our business. So, um, you know, for instance, for example, we have a, everyone gets a day off every month and we call it a create day. And in that day they can go and learn a new skill or go and expose themselves to some kind of new industry trend, yeah. um, or, something relating to the sector that we're in. So, um, so that, that, that works really, really well. And we do quite a lot as well in terms of, um, uh, like, you know, our, our digital team will do training sessions for the PR team. Um, you know, the content team will do, you know, training sessions with the marketing team, the SEO team will then talk about what the latest trends are in, in, in their area. And that kind of cross, uh, learning is a really useful exercise as well because it gets everyone in the business up to a, a kind of a standard knowledge. Um, and then you mentioned about the life science side of things. I mean, we do, we actually do a, what we call a pharma training, um, kind of course, if you like. So yeah. every time a new, a new set of step like staff starts, we've had, I think a few starters in the last few months. So they they then go through a, a kind of an overview of the drug development market and clinical trials and the language that we use for clients. And, yes. um, it's, it's really important because, you know, for us, we want people to be progressive and we want people to learn and grow within the business. Um, and I, and I'm a big believer that I, so when I'm interviewing people, actually, it might be quite useful for some of your listeners. You know, I really look, I really kind of drill down into looking for, you know, what, how is this person kind of keeping up with trends? You know, what are they reading? What are they listening to? Yeah. And I think that, 
tells you, you know, when someone says to you, oh, well, I haven't done anything since my degree 10 years ago, yeah, like yeah. that, you know, that, that inherently tells you something about how much that person really loves their craft. Whereas if the person turns around and says, well, you know, I listen to, um, you know, I, I religiously read, you know, this particular blog or, you know, mm. I do the whiteboard Friday thing every, every Friday with Mars and, you know, I do this and I do that. And I think you will, you'll see that passion and you'll see that actually they really care about becoming the best at what they want. And that's, that's very important, I think, for for anyone working in an agency environment. That I think you can you can very easily get left behind in an agency when when you stand still. And uh, so that's why we 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 are big on, I suppose, promoting uh, you know continuous learning. Yeah, that's a really nice idea actually about the, um, the 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 create days. I think is what you called them, where you allow people to sort of go off and sort of learn things on their own. Does that, I would, I would imagine that sort of brings about a, a very good feeling of um, sort of well-being and uh, towards the company. Yeah. Is it working quite well? Yeah, that's a, that's a, it's a really nice word that you use there. Like it is, it's not, it wasn't designed for like, you know, a headspace thing or, you know, for, but it was designed actually just to give people space from doing the doing, if you see what I mean. Yeah. So what, so often our team's you know, particularly the content team or the development team that gets, they're so head down just doing stuff, right? Mm, Like whether they're writing or coding or designing that actually just taking your brain away from the environment and going to a local art gallery or going to the library or going to sit, you know, on a bench somewhere or just spending a day out the office just teases out kind of interesting kind of um, ideas or things to, to think about. And I think it just it gives people a little bit of breathing space. And I think that's really, really important. Um, I think it's, it's, it's part of that, Andy, as well. You know, I think kind of productivity is really important in, mm. in a lot of agency environments as well. So the room that I'm actually sitting in now, and I've got a mic here and one of my team joke that I should put the on-air light on, you know, like you have in a radio station yeah. and that, because we actually have one in our office. So when the on-air light is on, the kind of, uh, the idea behind that is everyone is in the zone and everyone is heads down and concentrating and focusing on, on whatever they're working on. And when that light goes off, um, it kind of gives everyone that, you know, time to to breathe and actually go make a cup of tea and have a chat and, and that type of thing. And that kind of, we call it like pulse and pause, um, kind of manner of working is, um, is a really effective way of getting the best out of your teams as well. And just, you know, just recognizing that they can't go full tilt and work eight hours, nine hours solid a day yeah. because actually it's kind of diminishing returns <laughs> as the day goes on um, you know, less and less work is done. And I think, again, that's really important and uh, for, for people working in an agency environment as well to just get that space to breathe and, you know, go for a walk at lunchtime and just clear your mind and not get too kind of caught up with just being sat behind your desk all day. So just think of our listeners now. I mean, if there are probably not all of our listeners, but a fair proportion of our listeners might be running an agency, might even be running an agency that's a bit specialised like yours. If you could condense down into what you've said or what you said today into two or three top tips, Raman, what would they be? Oh, put me on the spot. <laughs> um, so I think I think what we talked about at the start, I think this idea of um, kind of not chasing the wrong type of client in the wrong type of business, I think is really important. It doesn't matter. I don't think it matters what level of, of an agency business or any business that you're in. I think um, people get very excited by opportunities and particularly people who are entrepreneurial kind of spirited. Then you, you've, you've got to work out what's the best fit and what the right type of client is for your, your business and your agency. Mm. Um, 
and when you do, and actually when you do work that out, whether it's a persona or a profile or whatever it is that you use, you'll spot them a mile off. So when they come and ask you particular questions or they're looking for a particular service, you know that you can you can answer that question, you can solve that problem. You, you're much more confident about it. So that reflects in the way that you present and the, the way you price and sell it in because you know you can deliver on that. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, I suppose, just, uh, you know, your question about learning and progression, I think I think for a lot of people, I think I see in, the, particularly in the younger staff in my business, is being a lot more intentional with your time business and life. And I see so many in my team sitting there on their phones all day and uh, so, sorry, you know, at lunchtime, they'll sit there on their phone or, you know, they'll be out and about with their heads down on their phone. And I think, again, just making time to just, you know, take in some fresh air and actually learn something and get off Facebook. And I think that is so important. And I think, you know, for this kind of next generation that I'm seeing coming into the workforce, I can really see a difference between the ones that are engaged in their learning and the ones that aren't. Yeah. Uh, and I think that is, just, that's going to be a key factor, um, particularly in the agency environment going forward, because obviously social is so kind of ingrained in what we do. You know, everyone's expected to be on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. But actually knowing when to switch off and when to engage and actually do something with it and when it's time to learn or just, uh, and do nothing. That's that's it's something I battle with every day. And when you've got children as well, yes. it gets even more difficult. Yes. Um, you know, but I, you know, I, I find it's funny because my wife and I will always have a go at each other when one of the other one, either of us is on our phone and our children are trying to get our attention. And only when you have that out of body of experience and you see the other person doing it, you can, mm. you can see what are you doing? Your kid's trying to get your attention. So, um, so I think that kind of just awareness of what you're doing with your time and attention is, is so important. Yeah. Food for thought. So thank you so much for joining us today. Um, how can our listeners find out more about you and Rob Marketing? Yeah, well, no, but thank you so much uh, for having me on. I am genuinely a big fan of the podcast oh, and I've learned, I've learned so much from the guests that have been on your show and um, I'm very grateful for that. So um, in terms of me, um, remarketingpr.com, so that's kind of ramarketingpr.com. Um, just that's where we, we are in terms of our online presence. Obviously, we're on um, Twitter and LinkedIn and everything else. And then for me, if you um, want to follow me on Twitter, it's uh, Ramanelli, as in the... <laughs> a play on Ravenelli, the old footballer. So, right. um, so it's my name, E L L I, um, or Roman Segal UK on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, connect, get in touch, always keen to grow my network, meet new people, uh, and help and share my knowledge where possible just to help others. Just to make things for our, easier for our listeners, I'm just going to spell out, I think it's your Twitter handle, isn't it? You just said, so it's yeah. R A M A N E L L I. Yeah. And then if they're looking for you generally, the spelling of your surname is um, S-E-H-G-A-L, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Perfect, yes. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Raman, and thanks for everyone for listening. The show notes are on the usual place, sitevisibility.co.uk slash podcast. Um, please leave us a review if you're enjoying the show. If you want to contact us with questions or suggestions, the email is podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk you can tweet at sitevisibility um, we also have a site visibility group on LinkedIn and um, I think that's it that's all from me Andy and it's all from Roman thanks Andy all the best and we'll see you next time on internet marketing bye